community organization is almost entirely emotional labor. And it can be difficult to recognize that that's your role and that that's what you're doing. Uh, and to understand that the biggest part of making sure you're able to maintain that and do it well is taking care of yourself. Welcome to the podcast, conversations with startup founders, mentors, and other folks associated with Pi, the Portland Incubator Experiment. I'm Rick Tarosi, co-founder and general manager of Pi, and I'll be your host. Let's get into another slice. And I try to put the importance on listening to the community and helping them find their own path um, and navigate the norms that we have set in place rather than managing them and telling them how to feel and what to do. Today we're talking with Pi Mentor Cami Chaos of Automatic, who helps oversee and organize the community in the WordPress open source project. Not only am I a community organizer for the WordPress project, but I am a work for a fully distributed company. Automatic is fully distributed. We have no office. And WordPress is a fully distributed project. Uh, people work on it wherever they are in the world. So I have been doing this for seven years for Automatic and did community management and community organization prior to that, uh, also for distributed communities. And one would think that this wouldn't change what I'm doing on a daily basis at all, but one would be very, very wrong. Uh, I kind of came into this saying it's like going to be status quo, everything's going to be fine. But when the shelter in place orders really started to come into effect, I was on vacation and wound up coming back to work early to help people manage their feelings and also to cancel events. Because one of the primary things I do while I'm distributed is work with uh, in real life events, people actually meeting together. And then the other tough side of it for me, at home workers are just as disturbed in a work function as people who are not working at home, if they have a partner or another person in their home who is then suddenly the interloper in the house, in their office where they're working. So I've had a lot of adjustment to do and I've had a lot of time to help the community in which I work adjust as well. Well, and you, uh, that distributed team of yours is global, right? So you've kind of seen this wave of this pandemic. Like, how has that affected working on a uh, fully remote team when everybody's going through different phases? We had, we had the good fortune to kind of watch this coming as our events in Asia started to cancel. Um, and then events in Europe and events in the US followed suit. Everyone is kind of in a different pattern with their feelings right now. And primarily what I'm doing right now is working a little bit of logistics, but mostly it's just feelings. I'll have a 30 minute meeting with someone about their event and 75% of that meeting will be how they're feeling and how they're doing and just listening to hear and understand and acknowledge that this is valid. Uh, the other 25% of it is, okay, this is what we do. We need to write this post. We need to communicate with the sponsors. We need to reach out to our community in this way. And that's just for those large events. Uh, but we're also seeing a pivot from in real life events moving into an online space. 
which seems like it would be a natural fit for a community that's distributed. But since those in-person events are really the anchor and the concrete that holds our community together, this has been a struggle for a lot of people. And it also offers an additional level of complexity with additional technological hurdles that we have to jump when normally we just have to work with the mic and the camera and make sure that everyone's doing okay. And uh, now we're working with 20 speakers. Everyone has a different setup. How do we get them all in? How do we worry about people's internet connections? Mm -hmm. And it can be emotionally daunting for our organizers who've been doing things a certain way for the past 15 years. Well, and I don't want to discount that you're often in the role of playing that emotional support and doing emotional labor for a community, even in the best of times. Yeah. Uh, community organization is almost entirely emotional labor. And it can be difficult to recognize that that's your role and that that's what you're doing. Uh, and to understand that the biggest part of making sure you're able to maintain that and do it well is taking care of yourself. And this is where we talk about the fact that I am a mess uh, as a human person. <laughs> I'm a mess who actively tries to bring myself into a calmer place. I try to find a work-life balance. I acknowledge that I have generalized anxiety disorder. Um, and I try to do everything I can with self-care to take care of myself so that I can extend my heart and my open ears to the people that I work with. I think you do that exceptionally well, but what I've also seen you do is you really have a developed sense of empathy. Can you talk a little bit about how you get yourself in that headspace as a community manager where critiques or criticism aren't directed necessarily at you and you find a positive way to deal with those for the community's benefit? So there are a few ways with that. Um, and one of the things I think is most important as a community organizer and this is why I say organizer instead of manager, is the ability to listen. Whether you have empathy or sympathy for an individual you're listening to or not, taking the time to listen without judgment and hearing what they have to say and acknowledging that it is their feeling um, or their circumstance or their truth is a really huge way to build trust and confidence in the community that you're working in and allow them to know that they're being heard and that they are their feelings are valid as well. Uh, but I also do some training with individuals on how to give feedback and how to receive feedback. And one of the first things that I ask people to do when they're giving feedback to someone is to assume good intent. And there is always a time, don't tell me, but this time, this time, this time, there's always a time that someone may not have had good intent or that their good intent didn't matter. But when we look at WordPress as a project, for instance, if someone hates a plugin and gives a bad review of a plugin or hates a decision that I made about a conference and wants to say, Cammy's stupid and did a bad thing, I ask them to reframe that not as Cammy's stupid and did a bad thing or this plugin creator is stupid and did a bad thing, but to express what it is they didn't like about the conference. And if they have a suggestion, please feel free to make it. But it's really important that we remember, especially within online communities, so especially right now when we are just giant online distributed communities because we're in our homes, that there's a person on the other side of the project, there's a person on the other side of the of the computer giving us that input and no one goes in trying to make the stupidest decision ever they are legitimately trying to do what they think is right for themselves for the project or maybe even for you 
this is the point where I like to ask, what can we as a community being be doing to help you, support you, uh, help with the projects you're working on? Uh those are a few questions and the biggest one I have an answer to, and this is where I start to sound like a big old hippie, but I'm fine with that, uh, is be kind to other people right now. If you have the emotional bandwidth to listen to people and to be kind to people, be kind to them. Don't necessarily ask people how they're doing. I like to assume right now that no one is doing well. And if they are doing well, they'll tell you and that's great. Um, check in with people, find out how they're holding up. Check in with people who you know might not be doing well check in with people who are always the people doing the emotional labor of checking in with others. Um, so if you know there's someone who goes around the community checking with other people, asking what they can do to help, asking how they're holding up, seeing if everyone is doing well, that's a person who really needs an email sent to them, not, not asking them for anything, just saying, hey, I see you, you're doing it, thank you. Uh, how are you holding up? So that's a really big thing. Uh, I also would say, a nice thing that you could do for me is to create some more positive content in the world. Put out some art, um, go do some beautiful sidewalk chalk, put something beautiful in your window. Uh, if you have the bandwidth to do some volunteer work and you are technically inclined, there are a lot of nonprofit organizations right now who could use your help uh, setting up their sites. There are probably a lot of local businesses that could use your help getting an e-commerce site set up or understanding the internet. Uh, sometimes when someone's good at one thing, they're not necessarily good at the other. So right now, what I need is for you to help one another uh, and to help other people that you know need a helping hand. And I can say one thing you can do if you live in Portland to decrease Cammy's anxiety is actually wear a mask. When oh, my outside. gosh. Can you please wear masks when you go outside? If you don't have a mask, let me know. I will like get a list of resources of places that can give you masks. Uh, I'm working on making some masks right now. I just got my pipe cleaners in. And so quite seriously, if we could all just be wearing masks when we go out, as we have been asked to do by CDC, I have a generalized anxiety disorder and I have panic disorder. And I really usually cope with this. It's Cami's therapy hour. I normally cope with these things by going for long walks. And I can't do that right now because it's like playing pinball when you go outside. And I'm constantly crossing the street, going here, going there, because people aren't making room on the sidewalk for others. And they're not wearing masks. Um, and I am also in a high risk group uh, for if I am infected, something horrible and terrible happening to me. So if you could just pretend everyone is it a high risk group so that we can keep everyone safe and keep ourselves safe as well? It would do a lot. Really good answer. Wish I thought of it. Yeah, well, that's why I'm the host. I'm supposed to prompt that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's another episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast network. And we'll catch you next time with Pi Mentor Aaron Hockley of Tech Photo Guy.